What's up, kids? Tiger Hawk Sports bringing you our fourth episode, and we have a little different podcast today. We did a draft where we drafted, it was a 16 round draft, PPR. I had the eighth pick, my partner Noah had the fourth pick, and we're going to in, go into discussing our picks, how the league did, some picks that we thought were bad or good, and we'll touch on some bigger stories in the NFL, some news, touch on it. It's not going to be the same as our last three, but it's definitely going to be fun. Alright, so why don't we just hop right into it. Um, so my, I myself did a running back heavy, so I took running backs in the first couple rounds. My partner Chris did a wide receiver heavy type draft, so with that, um, I'll start with my first pick. So yet again, I had the fourth pick in the draft. I took Alvin Kamara. Uh, he is the. I mean, you had McCaffrey, Elliott, and Barkley go ahead of him. So Kamara is a solid pick in the fourth pick. If you guys have it, uh, top running back going to come back bigger than last year as they're making a bigger push to the playoffs. I think that was a great pick. There's no way you could pass on Kamara. There, he's going to be a huge part of the Saints' playoff push. But with my first overall pick, the eighth pick in the draft, I took Julio Jones. Julio Jones is an all-time great. There were Devontae Adams, yes, was still on the board. Hopkins was still on the board. But there was no way I was passing on Julio. I think Julio and the Falcons have a dynamic offense. And if everyone stays healthy, especially Julio, that team's going to be unreal. And I think Julio's going to put up some big numbers this year and continue to be an all-time great. So with the eighth pick, I took Julio. And then in the second round, on the way back round, because it was Snake, Tyreek Hill was still available. And... To me, that was a huge surprise. Being able to have Julio Jones and Tyreek Hill on the same team was big for me. And I think with those two guys combined, there's 50 points potential because in a PPR league with one point per reception, that's 25 points per guy. You're set with the rest of your team. You don't even need running backs at that point. Yeah, I mean, that was a steal. When he picked that, I was shocked. Being in the second round and getting Tyreek Hill, that's definitely a shocker there. Uh, But my second round... Uh, I was hoping I can get Nick Chubb because yet I've been high in the Nick Chubb and high in the Browns there, but he got taken the the pick before me, so I went with another guy that the new the, the next best thing in my opinion, Joe Mixon. I mean, he low key has had a great year, and not many people realize that a thousand yard seasons back to back. Now he's with a new quarterback, so maybe that would do a little more for him and an upgraded team. Maybe he can contribute a lot more with that. So I took. Joe Mixon in my second pick. Uh, and then I my, think Joe Mixon is a very underrated uh, player. Maybe the most underrated player in the NFL. But before you go on to your third round pick, let's just I just want to point out how Aaron Jones got taken at seven in or no, it wasn't at seven. Dalvin Cook was at seven. And yeah. that was very risky to me because you don't know if Dalvin Cook's gonna play. It's gonna be like an Air Melvin Gordon situation from last year. But if you have if Dalvin Cook ends up coming out saying he's playing, he might be the fifth pick off my board the way he played last year with all those points he put up. And another thing about Aaron Jones was that he got taken before Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, just off the top of my head. How do you pick Aaron Jones before those guys? I, th- that's, In a PPR league, nonetheless. I, I really want to know what they're smoking and taking Aaron Jones. That's embarrassing. It is. And uh, speaking of Dalvin Cook, I mean... You, you think of a player that makes said that he's not going to play, you got to take that in consideration in your pick there. And I just don't think someone coming out saying he's not going to play unless he gets a contract. And there's been no talk between that. Maybe the second round pick at that point, maybe a third round pick, but 
I don't. I wouldn't take him in the first round. Definitely when those other people are available. But I'll move into my third round pick. Uh, I took a guy that I've, I loved last year. I took him in the third round last year, and he had a beast year for me in my fantasy league. So I'm gonna take him again. And I took Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's an utter stud. He gets 30 carries a game. Like I was saying before, and yeah, there's talk he's being traded. But I said it again. And I'll say it one more time. If Leonard Fournette is getting traded to a team, he's getting traded to a team that needs a running back and is going to be headed to the playoffs because he's a high-caliber running back. He's a top running back in the league, and I think Leonard Fournette is going to have a solid year this year going into the season again, getting in those carries and rushing for a big yard and touchdowns. For a running back heavy, getting Leonard Fournette is definitely a good pick to have those three guys, Kamara, Mixon, and Fournette. Since I went wide receiver heavy in the third round, I got Kenny Galladay, which was another surprise pick. For me in the third round. So getting Kenny Galladay who broke out last year. He had double digit touchdowns. Thousand yards. I think he's going to put even more numbers this year. If he could stay healthy and Stafford could stay healthy. Because it's, I think Stafford is starting to get that connection with Galladay. Yeah, I agree like, with that. Like the Calvin Johnson I connection that, that he had. Uh, Galladay is still there in my opinion. Going third round. just He's another receiver that people are, are underrated. And people don't look at him as... A top receiver in the league, but if you look at the stats, he's definitely contributed just top receiver status. And with my fourth pick, or the fourth round pick that I had, I took the guy that put at number 10 in my top 10 running backs in Le'Veon Bell. And when I went zero running backs, I that was the guy I was hoping to get, and I got him. So I was, again, happy with that pick, because Le'Veon Bell, to me, he had an off year last year, but that was because... He took off a whole year. I mean, when he sit out a whole year, you can't expect a guy to go right back to the all-pro caliber that he was. So Le'Veon Bell, I think, is a good... He might be a running back one. Like I, He's yeah, my dark horse. I, I see that. I definitely like that pick. But yet again, I'm not high on Bell coming back to his high caliber status for the top running back in the league. But yet again, as they're going wide receiver heavy, picking up Bell in the fourth round is not a bad move at all right there. But um, So I went running back heavy, so then my fourth pick and a couple picks after that, I went more wide receiver heavy because I knew I needed to cobble them with the top three running backs that I got to solidify my uh, stack team right there. So I took Juju uh, in my fourth round. I mean, if he can come back and be healthy and begin that connection again with Big Ben, I mean, he's unstoppable and he'll easily put up wide receiver one numbers and he's going to be a compliment to my top running backs I have already. And then he's going in, he's going back to my pick. I had a Cooper Cup, who's yet again, he's... There's Robert Woods there, yeah, but, I mean, Jared Goff and Cooper Cup has brought the connection to be a top wide receiver quarterback duo in the league. So picking Cooper Cup up with my fifth pick and making my second wide receiver, I think is definitely a solid move moving into... Moving away from my running backs. With my fifth round pick, I, there was a guy that was there. I went three wide receivers with my first three picks, and I needed an air running back. But there was no way I was going to pass on Terry McLaurin in the fifth round. There was just no way. So I drafted McLaurin, and I ended up with four, in my opinion, four top 12 receivers in that, five rounds. I agree with that. I mean, Jones, Hill, Galladay, McLaurin. I know you can only start three max, but still, there was, I could use one of them for trade bait. It got rid of like one of them, like my running back bell doesn't work out. Maybe I need the running back style of zero. But McLaurin, to me... With those three other guys, four top 12 running backs. I got a third of the top 12 right there. And then at six, this pick kind of killed me. This guy killed me last year. I took James Conner in the sixth round. 
Because I think it, the volume is going to be there for Connor. Mike Tomlin likes to run the ball. James Connor is an aggressive runner, which is why apparently he gets hurt a lot. Because he likes to take some hits. Maybe he shouldn't take some hits. Because I need him for my fantasy team. If he's watching this, next time you see Aaron Donald running at you or something, or someone diving at your ankles, maybe you should just take a seat on the field. Don't let that guy hit you. Because I need you for your fantasy team. I want zero running backs. I'm putting trust in you. I need James Conner this year. I need him. There's a lot of trust you got in there. You're six round picking James Conner. Tell me about it. But as your second running back, if he stays healthy, a solid running back you got yourself right there. But going back to his fifth round pick, it's scary, Terry. I mean, I misread over him when I was drafting, and that's a solid pick. I mean, you think of a guy that's going to be number one on the uh, Redskins with Dwayne Haskins, who he had an odious connection with at Ohio State. That's just a deadly weapon right there. Yeah, again, I agree. He's going to be a top 12 wide receiver this season. But I'll go again. I mean, I took another wide receiver in my sixth pick. I took T.Y. Hilton. He's another one, let me tell you. Uh, but, he, he's definitely ahead. injury prone. I mean, yeah, there's risk there. But, I mean, with Phil Rivers coming in, that QB coming in, to help T.Y. develop more to have a number one status, I think I couldn't pass up on T.Y. Hilton as my third wide receiver there. Uh, definitely a solid wide receiver I took um, at number six. And then mm-hmm. at number seven, I was able to take Colin Sutton. And I agree that it's going to be risky for me to take a Broncos receiver right there with Drew Locke coming in. So they may not have a high-powered offense within the receiving game and all that all that big stuff that you need in a wide receiver. But I just think Colin Sutton, as what he put up last year with Drew Locke, and he built that some sort of connection previously, he's definitely going to build upon that and produce wide receiver numbers as a solid fourth wide receiver for me. And with my uh, seventh-round pick, I decided to go tight end. After I got my two running backs, I got my four top 12 receivers, as I stated before. But I got Darren Waller with my seven-round pick. And I know Noah likes that guy because he was talking about maybe taking him. But I had to jump out in front because there weren't many tight ends that, to me, were starting caliber in the top, in the first 10 rounds. And Darren Waller, who didn't play before last year and then last year came out with Derek Carr and absolutely balled out ended up being a top five tight end in fantasy to me he's going to be able to do it again because yeah they got Henry Ruggs but with Ruggs and Waller they're going to split there's going to be a lot of volume for Waller over there and then with my homie before you go on with guys in your next pick I mean I think Darren Waller is a great pick I mean I had him in fantasy last year and I picked him up in the free agent, free agent market and I didn't have a tight end and I had him on my team, and he was a solid tight end for me on my team, always producing when I need him to. Yeah, he had off weeks, but like you think of every top player, there's some off weeks. So getting Darren Waller was a solid pick in my eyes. And to go into my eighth round pick, I took Darius Geis. And Geis has failed to stay on the field because of his ACL and knee injuries, but he showed some flashes last year when he was on the field that he can be a solid running back for Washington. And they do have a crowded backfield with AP and Geis and Chris Thompson and all those other guys. But if he could stay on the field and the volume increases, he could show that he can handle the workload. I think he could be a valuable pick, especially for one of my backups. He, he could potentially be a starter if need be. But So, I mean, I'll go into my eighth pick, and a lot of people may think, oh, why would you take him here when they, you know you need a running back after juggling four wide receivers? Because I did go ahead and take my fifth wide receiver here. I took Michael Gallup. And people are going to question that. And I just think people don't understand that when you have three wide receivers on one team, 
there's going to be a point in time where that one wide receiver is going to have a breakout week. And I just think Gallup's that wide receiver that's consistently going to have good weeks because a lot of people are going to be covering Mike Cooper every week. Now that they have CeeDee Lamb, uh, Mike Gallup, and Mike Cooper, it's going to be hard. Like, you don't know who's getting that ball. So that offense is going to be very high-powered. And with Elliott, it's just going to be a tough decision there. So I took Gallup as a risk and hoping he had high upside here. So I took him in my eighth pick, and I think that's a solid eighth pick for my fifth wide receiver and a top wide receiver that I can always use for trade bait. But on another risky pick, I took Tevin Coleman. I mean, we talked about Raheem Morstead leaving last week and how that could impact Tevin Coleman coming in. And, I mean, Tevin Coleman, he's with Kyle Shannon, who he utilized so much in Atlanta. So bringing him back and having him be healthy if he can stay on the field it's going to be a huge upside for me with the running game and the passing game because you know Garoppolo ain't throwing the deep ball anytime soon. So he's going to pass the ball off to Coleman and it's going to be a Hail Mary for me. At the, not I think game. Coleman's a great pick, especially for he most gets traded and they don't pick anyone else up. Coleman's their guy. So getting him in the ninth round could potentially be the biggest steal of the draft. And my ninth round, I took what's considered a safety blanket pick. Usually I do that at the end of the draft. I take it the very last pick, but this is kind of a different situation. I took Alexander Madison on the Vikings because you don't know what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook, if he plays or not. And it can end up being a Melvin Gordon situation, like I said before. And then Alexander Madison ends up being that Austin Eckler from last year. So that's why I took Madison right there. And even if he sits on my bench, I mean, you never know. Madison is a good running back. Say he gets traded. He's on my bench. He gets traded to a team that needs a running back. Because Madison wasn't bad last year. He got in the end zone a couple of times. So that's why I took him in the ninth round. And to move on to my tenth round picks, that's where I got my quarterback, uh, Lamar, Patty Mahomes, and apparently Dak in the fourth round was taken. Dak. Why Dak Prescott was taken in the fourth round, I don't know. He's going to be a top three fantasy QB, don't get me wrong. Yes. But in the fourth round, yes. a little too early. I think Dak's going to be a very good QB going this season, especially with all the weapons he's getting and the new head coach and the scheme they're going to run there. But I just don't think in the fourth round you take Dak Prescott. Out of all the QBs that are available and all the players that you need on your team, you don't need Dak in the fourth round. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I want him smoking. I took my QB in the 10th round, and I took Matt Ryan. And I said when we were making our QB list, I think Matt Ryan's going to be a top 10 QB. And I think he will. Um, I think he's going to throw the ball a lot, and I think he has great receiving core around him. He has a solid running game now because he has Todd Gurley. Um, you put him with Julio Jones. You have Calvin Ridley. Yeah, he lost his security banquet in Austin Hooper, but he's, he's going to ball out. I agree with that. I mean, I like Matt Ryan. I also like the Madison pick. I mean, I took Eckler last year. I took him early, but I knew Eckler was going to play and be a good a good guy to take. So I took Eckler early last year. But picking up Madison there, if, if he plays and what he can do, that's a solid pick as another running back for your team as you want wide receiver heavy. But, I mean, I went a tight end here with my 10th pick. So moving on to my team, um, I took TJ Hawkinson. And, like, I had him last year, and he had an off year. He didn't. Coming in, rookie, he didn't do as good like people expected, but coming in the system again and playing another year, you really think, I really think TJ Hawkinson will come back and be a solid tight end. I wouldn't say a top, top tight end in the league, but for a fantasy late tight end round, not many tight ends left on the board. Taking TJ Hawkinson at the t- in, the tenth, in the 10th round is a solid pick. Um, but And then moving on, I took my QB, um, and it's Chris's dark horse for the MVP, and I had him last year on my fantasy team, and he does everything. 
I mean, you think about fantasy status that this guy puts up, and he runs the ball for touchdowns. He runs the ball and scrambles out of the pocket and gets rushing yards. He gets passing yards. Uh, he even catches the ball. He did that once out of the backfield. So he's a versatile QB, and I think Josh Allen, the Bills, and I think the Bills are going to be a very good team behind Josh Allen with now Stephon Diggs to compliment him with the long ball, and Josh Allen having a pretty decent long ball. I think Josh Allen is a solid very solid pick to get at my QB in the 11th round. I like both those picks because obviously I had Josh Allen as my dark horse MVP and TJ Hawkinson I think is going to be one of the breakout players in fantasy this year because he didn't stay healthy last year much and Stafford was on and off the field so that Lions offense didn't really connect. So if they all stay healthy, just like Galladay, I think Hawkinson can be a weapon in that Lions offense. And with my 11th pick, I took Will Fuller. And Will Fuller, as you know, is the number one guy there in Houston, give or take, because Hopkins left. But Will Fuller's had that connection with Watson because it was first three weeks that he put. Yeah. There was one game last year where he had, what, like three, almost 300 yards and like and, and four touchdowns yeah, and like or something like that? Four or five catches. Yeah. It was unbelievable, the deep threat that he is. So to be yeah. a backup receiver on my team after the top 12 guys that I have – the McLaurin, Galladay, Hill, Jones, and now Will Fuller, I think my receivers might be the best in the league. Yeah, I mean, I like that a lot. But before we say that, I just want to point out how Brandon Cooks, since we're talking about Texans receivers, got taken in the fifth round. I took Will Fuller in the 11th round. Imagine taking Brandon Cooks in the fifth. I think that's a terrible thing. That's terrible. I mean, I don't don't even know if I draft Brandon Cooks this year. I mean, I think Brandon Cooks may have a solid year, but you don't take Brandon Cooks in the fifth round. You take Brandon Cooks in the late round as another sleeper at a pony advantage. Like, he took Brandon Cooks to be a his number one, number two wide receiver. And, like, to me, like, that, you can't do that. As being injured and going to a new team with uh, all wide, all, a different wide range of weapons, you just don't take Cooks there at fifth round. But uh, bouncing off Will Fuller, I think him taking Fuller is a solid pick. And if he can stay healthy and stay on the field, because he has some health issues in the past couple of years. It's just a solid pick to comment to the other wide receivers. And in the 12th round, I took a, my backup QB because there's only 16 spots. So I was trying to fill out my bench. And to have Carson Wentz as my backup QB in the 12th round, I feel like it's interchangeable. Maybe might even go by matchup at this point with Wentz and Matt Ryan as my QBs. But I didn't think Carson Wentz was a top 10 QB this year. He's definitely top 15. Um... He's a good fantasy QB for sure because he, he'll get the yards. He can throw touchdowns. He can run. He's mobile. So to have Wentz as my backup, I think it's an underrated move for my team. I'm not a huge fan of picking up Wentz to be a QB. I think he's going to be a decent QB in the league, probably top 15. But for sure, I just don't like him that much as a QB. But that's my personal opinion there. But if you go going stats-wise, picking Carson Wentz to be a backup QB is definitely – Good move, and good move for Chris to use the matchup to his, to his advantage there. With my 12th pick, I decided to take another tight end, who yet again I took another second-year guy coming in with Drew Locke. So I took Noah Fant, the tight end for the Broncos. Boda uh, connected with Drew Locke last year, going to enhance on that uh, connection. He's going to have a breakout year, in my opinion, just if you compare what he did last year and how he wasn't on the field as often as he could be last year with the other tight ends they had. So Noah Fant's definitely going to be a guy to watch and a late-end tight end you guys can pick up. Um, and then I'm I sure took, you just didn't take him because he had your first name. 
I'm positive when I change my first name. It's, it's definitely a good benefit. I mean, Noah's a great name right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, go, go, go ahead. But, but we'll go with the 13th pick, and we'll take uh, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I think J.K. Dobbins, I, I, don't, don't, I don't think he's going to have a big breakout year because they do have other running backs there. Uh, and they have Lamar Jackson who runs, so he's not going to get that many opportunities. But I think when he gets the opportunities, and if he can get more opportunities and so that he's going to be a good running back, then for sure J.K. Dobbins is still late round on the Raven, especially in the offense that he ran similarly at Ohio State. And as an Ohio State fan, I love that Dobbins pick, so I can't complain with you taking him. But my 13th pick was probably the biggest steal of my draft, potentially in fantasy football this year, Jack Doyle. I think he has potential to be a top five tight end this year because he's being paired with Phil Rivers, who, as you know, loves tight ends. He had Antonio Gates in San Diego and Hunter Henry in L.A. So to put Jack Doyle and then one with the departure of Eric Ebron, that makes Jack Doyle even more of the guy there. So I think that's a big steal for me. And as a backup tight end, my backup tight end, another solid pick. And my starting kicker was taken in the 14th round, Matt Prater. How can I pass up on Matt Prater? The Lions are, don't have a top offense, so they may struggle to put the ball in the end zone. They don't have a running game that's going to put them over the top in the end zone all the time. So I think Matt Prater is going to have his fair share of field goal attempts, and it's going to be a solid. He's always been a solid kicker. And he, we already know he has a leg. I mean, yeah, I he holds the record yeah. for the longest field goal in NFL. I get I mean... I've never been the guy to take kickers early. Like, yet again, I took my kicker really late as the last pick, and I'll bring that up later on. But taking a kicker like Matt Perry in the 14th round is definitely something that I definitely would like to do if he was available when I was there. Uh, but I took Baker Mayfield, my 14th pick. Can you another QB? And I I think Baker is going to have a good year. An amazing year, I don't think that's the word I would use here. I think a very solid year with the weapons he has and the new offense he's going to be portrayed and I think Baker's gonna have a very solid year. So that's why he's my backup QB behind Josh Allen. Um so but then moving into my fifteenth pick, uh something that I like to do, and I know my partner Chris agrees with me, is we don't like to pick defenses for the entire year. We pick one based off matchups. And based off the matchup for the first week that I decided to do, I took the San Diego the wow, San Diego Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. My bad there guys. Um, so I took the Chargers, and they're playing the Bengals. Um, you bring in a new QB and a rookie QB into the league. Obviously, his first game is going to be a little rough, especially now with no preseason. It's going to be more rough for him to be in a live game, a live uh, atmosphere with people coming at him and all that. So I think the Chargers are going to have a very solid week, the first week against Joe Burrow and the uh, Bengals offense. I like the Chargers defensive pick. I mean, I agree with the adding and dropping based by matchup. Uh, that's something I actually introduced to some of our friends that we play fantasy football with. So, um, But the Chargers have a great defense regardless of who they play. They have Joey Bosa. They have, um, what's his name on the other side? Again, Der- Melvin, Go- Derwin Melvin James. Ingram. Derwin they, James. Derwin James coming back. Uh, they got Chris Harris yeah. from Denver. They have Casey Hayward still. Mm-hmm. So that defense... Is on the top in the league for sure. Um, when I was picking my defense in the fifteenth round, I was looking for the Chargers potentially, maybe, but I had my eye on the Colts because they're playing Jacksonville week one. I ended up getting the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not too happy with that pick, but I'm not mad at that pick either. They're playing the 
LA Rams. They're going into the new stadium week one, Sunday night football. Dallas Cowboys shine under the lights. I mean, they're America's team. What better prime time picking team with um, that's playing new running backs, Cam Akers, Dale Henderson. Shaky offensive line to begin with. Who knows? Maybe Dallas could rack up some sacks. And, and then, uh, the way they played against L.A. last year, too. So Dallas' D-line is definitely good. Their secondary is a little shaky, but if they get Jamal Adams, I mean, the Cowboys, if they get Jamal Adams, the Cowboys might as well just be a team that you're taking to be your team for the long run with Jamal Adams' secondary right there. And then my 16th pick, a lot of people are going to be like, who the heck is that? I mean... 16th pick, my last pick, I kind of just pick based off either a sleeper or a safety blanket. Someone to, like, if I took a running back in the first round, for example, if I took CMC, I'd take his backup. But I took, I went wide receiver heavy, so there's no need to go for backup. So I went a sleeper. And I took Eno Benjamin, who is right now the third string running back on the Arizona Cardinals. And I think he could potentially be the starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals. And he was drafted this year, so he's going to be a rookie. If he gets some touches, you never know. Maybe he can break out, be a Philip Lindsay type guy, where he gets the touches and then all of a sudden he's in the Pro Bowl. You never know. So, 16th pick was the last pick. Had a team, took Eno Benjamin because I was like, you know what? Why not? Fuck it. Yeah. Just, I mean, I don't don't know much Eno Benjamin, but going off that and seeing what you picking sleepers, I normally pick sleepers late, but unfortunately I need to get my kicker, so I like that pick there, getting that running back. But I, yeah, I have my kicker, so I took Jake Elliott. Uh, not a top kicker I would take, but at the same time, I still think taking Elliott, what he could do, the potential of the Eagles being good and having the high-powered offense, I think Elliott's a solid pick just to have it a kicker, and I can always pick up another one if I feel need to. Yeah, so, I mean, we have some pretty solid teams. Any thoughts on my yeah. team, your team, my overall <clears throat> thoughts? Uh. I really like your team, Chris, honestly. I mean, I think the way you went wide receiver heavy is definitely big there, but there are questions that you're running backs. I mean, yeah, Belgian could have a bounce back here. Connor's still not healthy. But besides that, I mean, your wide receivers can definitely hold your own, and the trade bait that you got with your team is definitely big. Um, I like Dino Benjamin pick. I love getting sleepers. I think there's a huge thing there. I mean, I kind of have a similar thing in J.K. Dobbins as a sleeper. Uh, from my opinion, I took Dobbins as that Dino Benjamin role to come in. Um, and I'll give a quick synopsis on my team. I like. I mean, I I normally head towards more wide receiver heavy in the PPR league, but I took the approach of running back heavy to change it up a little bit. And I, I mean, I like it. I think I took three solid running backs who get bulk of the carries. I mean, you think about Kamara, Mixon, and Fournette. Like, there's not much else. There's not many other running backs on their team that's going to compete with carries besides Kamara Murray. But Kamara gets a lot of the PPR points, anyways. Uh, Juju coming back healthy, that's a solid number one wide receiver. And then going off that, my wide receivers are solid. I think I have two sleeper tight ends, and my QBs are definitely up-and-coming risers. So, I mean, I think I have a solid team. I think Chris is a solid team. So, we'll definitely compete in this league, and we'll give you feedback and let you know how we do in this league as well. I definitely think both our teams are solid. It was just some of the other picks in the draft that were questionable. Like, I saw Gronko in the fourth round, which was... Kind of weird to me. Justin Tucker went in the eighth round, probably yeah. before this. That person had a QB or whatever. Yeah, I don't. And then the Ravens and Patriots defense in the tenth round. I mean, I understand taking late in the draft, but Patriots defense isn't what it was last year. Ravens defense is good, but I'm pretty sure they play like the Texans or someone week one. So I don't know how I like that. But my question for you is, um, 
seems to me your QBs were my two dark MV, dark horse MVP. Where's your Big Ben? Why did you take Big Ben? Uh, no Wasn't Dark Horse enough this week? No, I, I tend to, when I get my Maybe number Maybe I just one, got in that no, dome with Josh I, Allen. No, the reason I take Big Ben, I think Big Ben is a solid year, but fantasy year, I don't think he's going to be that solid, but at the same time... But that's I, MVP. But I, but I have Juju, and I just don't think... I don't like the duo, because if one has a bad week, then I'll have a bad week, and that's two people on my team having bad weeks, so... Oh. I tend to not do that. That's a risk I'll take with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, I guess. Yes. I don't know. But yes, that's definitely a risk. Matt. It's a question yes. I had to ask. Yes. Yeah. Great. Um, Before we go on, Chris, do you be, I know you say you like both the team, but is there anything you like like most about our teams? Or think I mean, one, I one think of us did a little differently that we, would make it better? We had two different strategies, and I mean, we handled it well. So I think for the strategies we were going for, I think we hit it on the money with our team. So. But moving on, we're going to talk about some news. That happened around the NFL. I mean, the trade, de- the franchise deadline is coming up, and Dak's not under contract. I mean, and there's reports Dak's not even calling. The Cowboys aren't even calling. What's going on? I mean, Cowboys I mean, are digging for the Super Bowl, but at the same time, they're hitting rocks. They're not moving. I mean, according to you, I mean, it's definitely better to get Dak, but according to you, you're putting money. On the team to go to the Super Bowl, Danny Dalton. You said that a couple weeks ago. No, no, no. I said need be. Need be meaning like injury, something happens to Dak, like you know. Well, yeah, something happens to Dak. Can't play. Dak, Dak's not going to be signed. That's no, not that, what it that's is. not need be. That's Cowboys have every move in the world. They can get Dak right now. There's no reason not to sign him. Money situation, years, I mean, whatever. I don't care you, what it you is. Think about this. Dak Prescott's gotten you to the playoffs since his rookie year. Why are you on. paying him? You think about this. Jerry too. Jones has made that connection with everyone else. He's overpaid. He's known for overpaying. Mm-hmm. Tony Romo. He's overpaid thousands of times. Dez. Well, bring on. You thought about this too. They did the same thing with Elliot. I mean, they didn't wait to pay Elliot. They didn't wait to pay Elliot because they know Elliot's their guy. But, but then they, they weren't they, expecting Dak to play that way last year. Now they're in a tough spot because Dak yeah. has all the the advantage. The the leverage over the Cowboys. Dak is playing that's on big. a franchise that's tag really that's big. worth $32 million. That's big right there. I mean, if he could play this year out on the franchise tag and then wait till next year, he'll be playing on a franchise tag that's $37 million next year. And then if he waits after that, it's up to the 40 that he wants. So he's, either way, he's going to get the $40 million. You I might as well just pay him. I agree with that. That means... That makes a lot of sense coming from that perspective and the franchise tag. You know, I mean, moving into more franchise tags, I mean... There was two people on tags, I believe, or maybe one. Would I don't know Garrett would Garrett on a tag? Uh, I, I don't I think, think so. He was if, if he, even if he was, I mean, he got a big deal. I think it was like five years, four years. It was five years once. Yeah, something like that. That's a big deal for the quarterback money, right? Yeah, there. and then Chris Jones got a big deal too, kind of being a two years. two D linemen, like really one of the highest paid D linemen in the league. I mean, those solid D linemen right there. I mean. I think those two D linemen are behind Aaron Donald. They're top D linemen in the league. I mean, yeah, there's still some names to look out for. Yeah. Obviously, there's Dak, there's Derrick Henry that still has to get paid. He's still on the franchise tag. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anyone. Uh, I, I believe Derrick Henry came out and said that he's gonna play on that tag though. Yeah, Dak is yeah. too. Dak's playing too. But I think some others just, are playing on that Dak tag. Dak and Derrick Henry were the two guys I thought might get paid first because they're the two biggest names. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Moving on from franchise tags, you got to watch out for some trades, I guess. Yeah. Jamal Adams, still waiting yeah. on. Raheem Mostert, yeah. requested the trade. Um, I mean, and talking about people that are interested, I mean, you you go free agency too. I mean, people that want to make big moves, and 
Uh, Clowney's still out. Yeah, there. Clowney's out there. So I mean, you talk about a team that need to make a move. I mean, the Eagles can make a move. The Jets can make a move. Eagles signed so, Jason Peters this yeah. morning, and, and they signed him a smart move. They signed him, veteran guy, n- known team, but like he's not going to play tackle now. He's going to play guard because the uh, Brooks got in for them. So it's going to be a solid move for them to bring in an old lineman that they've known for a while to play their position for them. So I would watch out with the Eagles. They, they're going to make big moves. I would watch out for other teams coming in with trades and free agency and just see what's going to happen. I mean, this year and this season going to be a lot different than what we know, but it could it also could be a lot different with more trades and more signings coming before the season even starts now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we touched on it all. So uh, it was a little different this episode, but that was pretty little change-up, you know, draft the team. Um, talk about the team. I mean, we like to do that every once in a while, do something different. So, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We have an Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube, obviously. Um, anything else to add? Uh, thank you for tuning in. We look forward to uh, any more podcasts out to you soon. Uh, if you got any questions or things you want to say about our teams, feel free to shoot us anything on Twitter. We posted our team on Twitter there for you guys to comment and stuff. So, uh, we're Tiger Hawk Sports out.